Hello, and welcome to the Health and Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elaine Barreto, a scientist turned health coach. Here, we explore the intersection between lifestyle, psychology, and mind-body medicine to improve your relationship with your thoughts and emotions, with your body, with food, with pain, and with other people. I'll bring you the latest scientific discoveries and provide practical tools to empower you to take care of your own health. If you suffer from chronic pain, gut issues, disordered eating, or other chronic conditions, or if you just want to optimize your health and well-being to live a long and fulfilling life, you're at the right place. Let's dive in. Hello. And welcome to the very first episode of Health and Science. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Dr. Elaine Barreto, and I can't wait to share with you a little bit more about different topics in health and science. Today's special episode will be regarding the new era of chronic pain. I'm really excited to dive in in this topic because chronic pain is a condition that affects many people. If you're one of them, I'm really sorry, I am also one of them, but I want to first, you know, discuss a few concepts on what exactly it is, what are the latest findings in this field, and how is it going all over the world, and give you some optimism, because there are good news, and that's why I'm so excited, and there are new tools that have been being used uh, to people like you and me, with great success, so there is hope. And my wish is to try and digest as best as I can the science behind it and turn them into practical tips and tools that you can apply directly in your life. Today will be just the first dive in. This is a long topic and there will be many follow-up podcast episodes, so stay tuned. But I thought since this is one of the focus of my health coaching practice, which is called Mind, Body, Food, Pain. You can check it out at www.mindbodyfoodpainaltogether.com where I will be posting also many blog posts and where you'll learn about the new podcast episodes and you can also sign up for my newsletter to be informed of whatever new is coming up there or learn more about my programs. But uh, today is not too much about me. I'll make sure to make other episodes to tell you a little bit about my story and what I do. Today I want to really talk about chronic pain and where are we right now regarding this. You know, I don't even know in case you have pain or you know somebody that has pain that has been going on for a long time. Perhaps you haven't heard this term chronic pain yet or you don't know if it applies to you. So let's start with the very basics. What we usually call chronic pain is a pain that lasts for longer than expected let's say you broke an arm or you got hurt you got a burn on your skin there is this expected healing time that you know it will be a few weeks a few months but there is some expectation regarding what most people go through how long it's going to take for you to feel better and feel less pain or no pain again in the case of chronic pain you're way over this expected healing time, right? So maybe you had uh, an actual um, injury 
or maybe not, the pain just appeared out of the blue. So both cases uh, can happen. But the thing is, it's been taking so long for this pain to go away. We usually define as longer than six months, but it really depends. Uh, there is debate between three to six months. For sure, if you've been having it for years, you do have chronic pain, okay? And it is one of the most pressing health concerns worldwide because it affects many people, it affects the quality of life, it impinges massive costs to the healthcare systems. It decreases the workforce productivity because when you're in pain, you can't focus, you can't be productive at work. Many times you can't even make it to work. You can't even take care of your family, of your loved ones. It just affects everything. It affects your ability of even thinking clearly sometimes or controlling your emotions or participating in social activities, right? It is really a burden. And despite that, of being uh, so present worldwide and so many people suffering from it, the condition is still not very well understood, you know? Uh, there is more science being done in this area, but there is still a long way to go. And this is reflected in the clinical treatments at the moment, because you'll see if you've been having this pain for a long time, it might be, or somebody that you know, it could be very well the case that this person has already taken several MRIs or X-rays or exams, right? Radiographic images that has visited different specialties, different doctors, orthop orthopedists, neurologists, physiotherapists. Maybe you're trying some alternative medicine, acupuncturist, a Chinese medicine doctor, massage, so many different things and the pain might still be there and there is no clear explanation when it's there why it's there when it's gonna go away and what you should do next so you keep trying trying right so this is unfortunately still the case for the majority of people that suffer from chronic pain and i'm glad to say that there are many scientists and research groups all over the world in different universities that are looking deeper into this there is the advances that we've uh, come in terms of uh, imaging, this uh, functional MRIs have uh, allowed us to see more details of what is happening in the brain when we have pain that doesn't go away, persistent pain. There are these advances also in biomarkers that allow us to look uh, into details what is happening to our cells and even epigenetic advances that tell us what is happening to our genes. Do we have a specific gene that has been activated or that has been transmitted to us from our parents or what is it going on there? So there are all these different fields going on right now. And today I'll be talking briefly about a few of them. It definitely grants a deeper dive uh, on time for new episodes. Okay. But if you're one of these people that has been suffering for from pain for a long time and you didn't call it chronic pain now you know what you have and this is already an empowering tool because that gives you the opportunity to research more about it right to go out there and see what are the latest news on chronic pain the guardian uh, a few months ago had a long maybe they're still going on i don't know um series of articles uh, exploring uh, chronic pain 
and the latest uh, treatment strategies that have been used. Um, if you're into reading scientific journals, The Lancet also had very good series of three journals going deeper into that. So I will be linking in the episode notes where you can find um, those further references for reading more about it. But it's been something that is on many people's minds. The health insurances especially are getting more concerned about it. And governments in general have been including in their guidelines new strategies for people that are suffering from chronic pain and how the practitioners should be dealing with it. So the incidence of chronic pain is about one in five people in the world. That was reported in 2011, and this is not even including the people that don't report, so probably more than this, it's scary, right, to think that one in five people are suffering from a condition that we don't fully understand or can well treat yet. Uh, and many cases of chronic pain, like I mentioned before, can start as actual acute pain. Acute pain is the pain that we know that happens and uh, we immediately can connect to why it happened, let's say after a surgery or back pain, for example, when you used the bad posture or wrong posture or carried weight or did something and you snaps and you feel that you, you have it or a gastrointestinal infection, for example, food poisoning, things like this. So this is what we call acute pain. It's a pain that happens that lasts for a while and you know why it's there. But when this pain insists persists and doesn't go away this happens through a process that we call chronification and what we have to understand in order to prevent people from be, uh, becoming uh, getting this pain to become chronic is to understand how does this chronification process take place so if we understand what are the risk factors for chronification and what are the protective factors then we're going to be already halfway through the, 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 the problem, right? That's what many people have been focusing on. This is what I personally researched for my master dissertation, uh, where I looked into the risk and protection factors for chronification. And I will make sure to have another separate podcast episode to go into those risk and protective factors, and we're gonna be doing another dive in into that. Today's more like a bird's view of what is chronic pain and what has been the, the current status around the world. So here is where I want to share the first good news. So there is a book called the ICD. You might have heard about it before. This is the International Classification of Diseases. So the latest revision has been released now in 2021, and it's the 11th revision, so we call it the ICD-11. And this is the book with all the codes for how diseases are classified. So when doctors have to write down your diagnosis, let's say for a health insurance purpose or for referring you to a different specialist, they will have to give you this little code name on what exactly you have, right? And the good news is that in this ICD-11, in this new international classification of diseases, chronic pain has finally received the attention that it deserved. It's not just one 
bullet point written chronic pain somewhere lost in the middle of all other diseases, but it actually is classified into different categories. It has a long session about it. And this is important because this is how treatments evolve in the clinical practices, okay? This is how you can get more support from your doctor and your healthcare practitioners because they're going to be able to give you the proper disease name to what you have and it's going to be covered by your health insurance. So this is a process that is happening right now, this approval for these new codes for health insurance, and this is very exciting for all of us that are working in the field of chronic pain. And you should be excited too. So uh, I'm not going to bore you with too many details and names of all these different classifications that made into the book. Uh, but if you're interested, you can look up uh, for ICD-11. I can also add the, the link in the notes. Okay. And I just want to say this is the first great news. This is why this uh, podcast episode is even called the new era of chronic pain, because this changes a lot of things for us. And there is a lot of debate on whether the terms that were chosen were the best. Uh, this is not the, the relevant point here. There can be new improvements in the new editions of, of the ICDs, right? And the new revisions. What is important is that it received many pages and has a tree of classifications. And this is a progress that people are really looking into chronic pain as a disease. This is important because it uh, brings more research money. It, it has several consequences, okay? To give you an example, if you suffer, for example, from fibromyalgia, this is a diagnosis that is commonly made by exclusion, right? So far, it has been that the doctor will probably look at several different things and keep investigating when they can't find any other explanation for this pain that you have coupled with insomnia and fatigue, which are typical for fibro. Then they'll say, look, we investigated everything. Everything is normal with you. I think the only thing we can say is possibly you have fibro. Now, in this classification of the ICD-11, this is uh, listed in the category of chronic primary pain. And it's classified in the subcategory of chronic widespread pain. So now you understand you just don't have fibro. You have a chronic primary pain which is also a chronic widespread pain and usually coupled with insomnia and fatigue. So this makes things more clear, easier to be listed, and also will probably generate more uh, a differential on your treatment and diagnosis, right? Or for example, if you suffer from IBS, from irritable bowel syndrome, this is also a type of chronic pain and it's made into the list of chronic visceral pain syndromes. Okay. And the list goes on. There is chronic primary musculoskeletal pain for people that have low back pain, which is also very common. So this is good news. It means we are not just one category of people with pain that never gets better. We are people that suffer from a specific type of pain that has made into a certain category and will be addressed differently. Okay, I don't know if you can appreciate how, how huge it is, but in the health field, we're all very excited about this advancement. 
And the other thing I wanted to emphasize in this episode is about the models of pain. Uh, many people through the years have uh, postulated different models to explain what is the pain experience. This goes all the way back from Descartes, where he had this little figure in his book showing a person touching a fire and how the nerve was conducting this stimulus from the skin to the brain and then the brain was feedbacking this to your finger and saying please send a, a signal of pain there because there is some injury happening right this was the very first postula postulation of a pain model and that gave us this view that look there is a connection between the stimulus that can come from pressure from temperature from different mechanisms right that gets carried by our nervous system into our brain, it gets processed, and in the brain it will be then decided, is this a threat? How much attention should I give to this threat? And then the brain will decide to send back through our neurons into the location um, of the stimulus, how much pain we should perceive and, the, and how it should feel, right? This is also what dictates what kind of pain we have, if it's a sharp, pulsing, tingling, and so on and so forth. So this really helped us to start, begin to understand, even though it's been many, many years ago, of this communication between the stimulus and the brain processing, right? And a long way of progress has been made into this understanding of pain. There are several new models now, but the model that is still most widely accepted by most pain researchers and practitioners is the so-called biopsychosocial model of pain. Have you ever heard about this term? If you haven't, please do yourself a favor if you suffer from pain or if you're trying to understand more about pain and go there and Google it, the biopsychosocial model of pain. What does that mean in short words, right? So you see that there are three, three compounds of words there. We're talking about bio. So that's the biological component of pain. This is what I just mentioned, the stimulus, the nervous system, the brain. This is the biological part of the pain experience, right? So that's the bio. Then the psycho is the psychological part of the pain, right? And the social is then the, the social domain of pain, which is trying to say with this triangle is that pain is not only a physiological or a biological experience. It's not just in the body. There are psychological components and there are social components connected to it and they strongly affect uh, your experience of pain. Let's give an example to make it a little bit clearer in terms of social uh, factors for example. If you feel that you have no support, if you feel like I'm alone with this pain, nobody can help me, I'm feeling isolated, I don't have people that understand what's happening with me. So what is happening, this uh, experience of pain is creating um, fear, it's creating isolation for you, and all those um, factors will impact negatively your pain. Really, intensity of pain can depend on how supported or unsupported you feel. If you come to a practitioner, and sadly, I hear reports like this from most of my clients, and you try to explain to someone 
uh, you trust or a, a new practitioner what is happening with you when your story is so long and your pain is so complex and you have all these different parts of your body that hurt and your pain changes from this to that. At some point, it might happen, might happen that they start looking at you like they are not believing you anymore. You know, they start stop paying attention or they switch the, the direction of questions. They kind of don't validate that the story you're trying to tell is actually your experience of pain. So I want to tell you that being validated is a very important part of uh, healing from pain. And we will be talking much more about this in other episodes, but uh, to give you an example of the social aspect and also includes a psychological aspect, right? It's both coupled because it's related to your relationship with other people, but it will also affect your relationship with yourself. If you feel invalidated, this will increase your fear around your pain. And when we have more fear, we, first of all, contract more our muscles, and this can also intensify the pain. We are telling our brain that this is actually a threat, that this is dangerous, that this is bad, and our brain will start paying more attention to it, and it will create the cycle of reinforcing our pain. This is called the pain catastrophizing, and it happens to most people that suffer from chronic pain. Uh, and it's one of the very important things we have to address uh, when you're talking about a, a pain treatment. It's like really checking what are your social conditions? Are you supported? Do you have a network? Do you have people you trust? How do you feel about your pain? Those things are all very important. So this, how, what do you expect Right? Do you think you're going to have this forever? Do you feel like you're doomed and there is no meaning more to your life? Do you feel like you can't live a rich, fulfilling, happy life anymore because of this? This all will be like a snowball increasing this feeling of pain catastrophizing. Okay? This is very important to break the cycle and address this from a social psychological aspect. So this model of the... the biopsychosocial model of pain is very important to understand, to discuss with the people that are treating your pain, to research by yourself, to seek tools that can help you address the pain experience as a whole. Okay, and I really want to take my time to do a deep dive on this uh, model and the consequences of it in the next time so that you can absorb this information in small doses, right? Today, we already started discussing several terms. We talked about the chronification process. We talked about uh, what is happening with this new classification of pain and about this uh, biopsychosocial model. So this is as far as I would like to go today. For this first episode, is a quick intro to the topic. Um, if you got curious to hear more and you would like to follow up for the next discussions, please stay tuned uh, to sign up to our podcast, um, subscribe, and perhaps also visit our webpage so that you can be informed of whenever is a new episode there or articles that I'm publishing. So what I want to say is most of the new therapies as a final conclusion here to this uh, very episode, most of the new therapies that are coming in this field 
are really focused on addressing this um, psychological aspect of the pain. So if you haven't ever tried uh, addressing your chronic pain from a more integrative perspective, looking not only at the musculoskeletal aspects of it, so perhaps you're trying yoga or massage or physiotherapy, those are all very valid efforts. But if you don't tap in the mind aspect of it, your chances of healing are, or you have more potential to explore uh, to increase your chances of uh, getting better. So in my programs, I do offer this more integrative perspective where, where I look at pain from all the sides, including also the nutrition side and the psychology side. We tap on mindfulness and other things like that, art therapy and so on and so forth. So if you're curious to know how this can look like, if you haven't tried anything like this, go visit my website, link is in the show notes. And thank you for being here for this first episode. I hope it was informative. I hope you like the style of it and gave you a taste of what we will be discussing in the next episodes of the series, okay? I look forward to being with you again. Thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your ear time. Take care of yourself. Stay well. Bye.